everybody. Welcome to episode eight of the Disney Sunday Movie Podcast. I'm Ruthie. And I'm Harper. And today we are discussing some classic Disney cartoons. We're going to be discussing Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, and then Springtime with Pluto, Donald's Garden, and Mickey's Parrot. But there's a special reason why we're discussing these cartoons instead of an actual made-for-TV movie, and that is because... This collection of cartoons actually aired on March 16, 1986. And what was originally scheduled to air was the classic Disney movie Robin Hood. But the show was preempted because of a speech given by President Reagan. He addressed the nation via television to discuss the situation that was occurring in Nicaragua. And that lasted about 20 minutes. And rather than them having to cut the movie Robin Hood, they decided to just show some of the classic Disney cartoons. Actually, we would like to play the introduction that they originally aired on March 16th, 1986, given by Michael Eisner, so you can hear how he explains it. Hello and welcome to the Disney Sunday movie. This evening we were originally scheduled to show the Disney animated classic Robin Hood. But because of President Reagan's speech tonight, we've had to do some rescheduling. Now we have no problem sharing our time period with the President. In fact, we're flattered. But it does mean we're not going to have enough time to show the entire version of Robin Hood. We promise you that Robin and his friends from Sherwood Forest will be back in the very near future. As far as tonight is concerned, I can assure you we have come up with a special evening of fun and family entertainment. We begin with a Disney animated classic, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. Hey guys, what a coincidence. I was just telling the folks about you. You see in tonight's little feature, Pooh overindulges and eats too much honey. What else is new? And finds himself in all kinds of trouble. Pooh, you've got to cut down on the honey. Uh, and Tigger, you ought to talk to him about it as well. Now, when Pooh's little adventure is over, please don't go away. I'll be back to tell you about a couple of classic Disney cartoons that are also part of tonight's entertainment. Right, guys? Right. All righty. Thanks, Michael, for giving us that great explanation. <laughs> so, Harper's going to go ahead and read you the description of Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree. And that's the first cartoon that we're going to be discussing. In the Hundred Acre Wood, Winnie and the Pooh, the roly-poly little bear, and his animal friends, plus Christopher Robin, find themselves in one ticklish situation after another. These adventures include a compilation of Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, with newly animated linking material from the original books by A.A. A. Milne. This was directed by Wolfgang Reitherman and John Lounsbury, and this features the voices of Sebastian Cabot, Sterling Holloway, Junius Matthews, Barbara Luddy, Howard Morris, John Fiedler, Ralph Wright, Hal Smith, Clint Howard, Bruce Reitherman, John Walmsley, Timothy Turner, and Paul Winchell. The music and lyrics for this Winnie the Pooh short were provided by Richard M. Sherman and Robert B. Sherman, who wrote 10 songs for the entire series of the Pooh films. Alrighty, so we are going to be discussing Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree, just that one short, not all three, and we'll go ahead and describe it just like we do everything. Hopefully you guys have seen this before, because this is a classic. So, we all know that it opens with the theme song. A, a book opens, they're singing Winnie the Pooh, and you see a map of the Hundred Acre Woods, and there's a narrator, that voice is Sebastian Cabot. 
as the narrator is speaking and introducing everybody to the Hundred Acre Woods, you see Pooh outside of his house with a fire and the name Mr. Sanders is over his front door. His Pooh-Koo clock goes off, so he goes inside of his house, but he can't remember why his clock went off. He think, think, thinks until he remembers it's time for his stoutness exercises. And this is where we hear him sing, when I up, down, touch the ground. (laughs) That's the name of the song, up, down, touch the ground. So he bends and stretches while he sings this song. And as he's bending and stretching, he actually pops the seam in the the back of his rear end. and (laughs) And he says, oh, stuff and fluff. And so he turns around and he reties it closed. <laughs> and he says, that's better. And then his stomach makes a little popping noise. Oh, yes, I'm rumbly in my tumbly. Time for something sweet. My only question is, if he's filled with stuffing, which is just revealed by the fact that his seam popped and you saw the stuffing, how does he have a stomach? Is it like a mix of stuffing and organs? Yes, use your imagination, Harper. So... He keeps humming to himself while he goes to his cabinet and he starts pulling out a plate, utensils, so he can sit down and eat because he's hungry. Obviously, because Pooh's always hungry. And then he realizes that his honeypot is empty, except for the sticky part. So he sticks his face in the pot and tries to reach some of it. And as he's doing this, a bee flies into his house and Pooh hears the buzzing noise of the bee. So Pooh thinks to himself, The only reason for being a bee is to make honey, and the only reason for making honey is so I can eat it. So now Winnie the Pooh follows the bee out of his house and climbs the honey tree, and he sings Rumbly in my tumbly as he climbs to the top. He climbs on a limb to reach the hole in the tree where the bees live. So it's not, they don't live in a hive. They actually live inside the tree. And he climbs to the top, And he's on this branch and he leans the branch towards the hole. And as he does this, the branch breaks and he falls down and he hits his head. He hits his head like multiple times on the way down and then lands in a gorse bush. And that is according to the animated short here. He climbs out of the bush and begins to think again. And he thinks of Christopher Robin. So the next scene is Christopher Robin. He is helping Eeyore nail his tail back on while Owl, Kanga, and Roo are watching. Pooh comes walking up to them and asks Christopher Robin if he has a balloon. What do you want a balloon for? He asks Pooh. (laughs) Pooh gestures to him to come closer and he whispers, Honey, but you don't get honey with a balloon, he says. And then Winnie the Pooh says, I do. And then Christopher Robin says, How? And Pooh grabs the balloon and he must be pretty light even though he's fluffy because he just starts floating up when he takes hold of the balloon. And he says, I shall fly like a bee up to the honey tree. See? And Christopher Robin says, you can't fool the bees that way. And then Pooh says, you'll see. So Christopher Robin takes Pooh and he pulls him as Pooh continues to hold on to the balloon to the very muddy place where Pooh then begins to roll around in the mud until he's completely covered. What are you supposed to be? Christopher Robin says. I'm a little black rain cloud, of course. And then Christopher Robin says, silly old bear. I just want to know what logic Pooh was using because why would there be a rain cloud on a sunny day? (laughs) No logic, obviously. 
And then Pooh says, now, will you aim me at the bees, please? So Christopher Robin moves Pooh over closer to the tree. And Pooh starts floating up while he's singing Little Black Rain Cloud. And then as he's singing, Christopher Robin's on the ground watching to see what's going to happen to Pooh. And he starts singing along with him. Pooh gets to the hole and he tries to reach in for some honey. But one of the bees comes out and buzzes him. (laughs) Pooh says to Christopher Robin that the bees S-U-S-P-C-T something. So he tries to distract the one bee that came out while he reaches into the hole again to get some honey. And he puts his paw in, then he pulls it out. You you see that when he pulls it out, it has honey on it, but it also is covered with bees. But Pooh doesn't know this because his hand is behind his back. So he goes to put his hand in his mouth, but instead he gets a mouthful of bees that he then spits out like bullets, basically. And now the bees are angry and they're flying all around Pooh and they're like swarming him. Pooh asks Christopher Robin to open his umbrella and say, tut tut, it looks like rain, in order to continue to fool the bees (laughs) to think that it's a rain cloud is going to produce rain. And an angry bee, this is one of the bees that got actually got spit out of Pooh's mouth. He landed off to the side and so this angry bee flies up and stings Pooh in the backside area. Which causes him to swing. He's still holding on to the balloon and he swings and then right back up against the tree, his rump ends up stuck in the hole that the bees live in. So now his rear end is stuck in the tree and he's still holding on to the balloon. The bee laughs at him. And if anybody has ever watched any sort of a classic Disney movie that has any sort of laughing animal, it's this high pitched <laughs> kind of a laugh. So. <laughs> It's pretty funny. So there are a couple of bees outside the tree, but most of the bees are now trapped inside of the tree because Pooh has now blocked their entrance with his backside. So the bees inside the tree build up the pressure until Pooh gets pushed out of the tree and the bees start flying after him. Somehow the balloon gets detached from the string and the air starts being released from the balloon. And Pooh lands on top of the balloon as this is happening and haphazardly flies around until the balloon is out of air. As Pooh drops down, Christopher Robin catches him. So he doesn't actually land on the ground. And the bees charge after both of them. And so what they end up having to do is they jump into the mud puddle and cover themselves with the umbrella to escape and cause the bees to fly over them and miss them. And then Pooh says, you never can tell with bees. So continuing the story, it's another day, and of course, Pooh is still thinking about honey, and he decides to go to visit Rabbit. And he's talking to himself outside of Rabbit's hole, and Rabbit hears Pooh and starts getting upset. And he's like, no, 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 not Pooh, not Pooh. You know, he knows what happens when he invites Pooh into his house. And so Pooh calls, is anybody at home? And then Rabbit says, no. And Rabbit says that as he's like putting all of his food away and cleaning up. And he was actually just about to sit down to eat when Pooh shows up at the door. So Pooh actually peeks his head down the hole and Rabbit decides to do the polite thing and ask him to come in and invites him to lunch. And Rabbit asks him if he wants condensed milk or honey on his bread. And Pooh says both. And never mind the bread. Just a small helping if you please, he says. Rabbit pours a small amount of honey on Pooh's plate. It's like really small. 
And then Pooh says, I was hoping for a little larger small helping. Rabbit says, perhaps it would save time if you took the whole jar. And then Pooh says, thank you, Rabbit. So Pooh ate and 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 ate. So finally, when Pooh has eaten everything that Rabbit has, he decides to leave. And as he attempts to leave the rabbit hole, he can no longer fit through it because he ate too much and he gets stuck. Rabbit tries to push him through, but he can't. So he decides to go get Christopher Robin. And so Pooh's rump is in Rabbit's house and his head is sticking out of the door. So Owl flies up to Winnie the Pooh outside and stops to talk to him and he notices that Pooh is stuck and then he says this situation calls for an expert and then just as he says that literally Gopher pops up right under where Owl was standing and Gopher checks out the situation and says it would take him two to three days to get Pooh out of there. Owl tries to get him to give him a price but Gopher basically avoids answering that question And then as he walks away, he falls into one of his own holes, which is an ongoing theme with Gopher. Then just then, Christopher Robin comes up with Eeyore and tries to pull him out. But we all know that he can't. So Christopher Robin is the person who says there's only one thing that they can do. Wait for Pooh to get thin again. And Pooh says, oh, bother. How long will that take? So Pooh is stuck. And back inside of Rabbit's hole, nobody really knows how long this is going to take. So he decides to make his house look as best he can with whose rump in it. (laughs) So he builds like a shelf around it. And um, it's kind of funny. He draws like a a moose face. (laughs) And then Rue and Kanga come up to Pooh outside. And Rue gives Pooh a flower. And he smells it and it makes him sneeze and when he sneezes he causes all of the stuff that rabbit had built around him to fall and break and rabbit says why did i ever invite that bear to lunch why oh why so day after day night after lonely night Pooh waits to get thinner and one of the nights gopher pops up because he's working the swing shift and it's his lunchtime even though it's like midnight Pooh asks him what he has for lunch. And when he finds out Gopher has honey, he asks if he can taste it. Of course, downstairs in the rabbit hole, Rabbit hears this and runs out. And he puts up a sign that reads, Don't feed the bear. And so this kind of gets Gopher mad and he leaves. And again, he falls into one of his own holes. Just when Rabbit thinks that he might never be able to use his front door again, one morning... Pooh's body nudged, and Rabbit gets all excited. He bidged, he budged, he booged, Christopher Robin! So he goes after Christopher Robin, and he brings back everybody to come help, and they sing the song, Mind Over Matter. And Christopher Robin grabs Pooh, and everybody else gets behind Christopher Robin, and they heave, ho, heave, ho, heave, 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 until they pull And it's so much force that it forces Pooh to pop out and he goes flying across the pages of of the book and lands into the hole of the honey tree where the bees live. The impact scares all of the bees away and leaves all of the honey for Pooh to eat. And Christopher Robin's like, we'll help you down, Pooh. And he's like, no hurry. And Pooh is happy in his honey spot. 
So, Harper, what did you think of this? I thought it was cute. I've seen it before, so, like, something, like, not a surprise to me, but I thought it was cute. Um, I love this animated short. I love all the, the Winnie the Poohs, but this is actually a pretty funny one, how he gets stuck in the hole and how Rabbit knows that when Pooh comes over, he's going to eat all of his honey. Yeah, I really like this one. I think this is probably my favorite short on The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. I'm glad we got to watch it, and I I really liked it. This is a great, obviously, Winnie the Pooh is great for families. Great for all ages, really, regardless of whether it's a cartoon or not. I mean, these are, all of the cartoons we're talking about today are all classics and great for anybody of, of any age to watch. All right, so the first classic animated Disney short that we are going to be talking about is called Springtime for Pluto. It was released June 23rd, 1944, and Pinto Kolvig does the voice of Pluto, and Thurl Ravenscroft voices the singing caterpillar. All right, so Springtime for Pluto opens up on a farm with the spirit of spring, which is like a centaur. He's kind of like, um, he's not a ghost, but he's kind of see-through in a way, the way that they drew him, because he's a spirit. So they kind of tried to differentiate this uh, centaur from the rest of the cartoon by making him a little bit see-through. So he's a centaur boy and he's dancing around and playing a flute, a horn-like instrument. And there's a narrator and the narrator says, spring, spring, sweet scented spring, loveliest time of the year. Oh, let us away to skip and play for the spirit of spring is here. So there is a doghouse and Pluto is sleeping inside. And as he is sleeping, a ring of mushrooms pops up around him. And one actually pops up under his chin. And this causes Pluto to kind of half wake up. And he smiles at the spirit. And he floats out of his doghouse with his blanket still on his body until he is standing up and awake. He shakes the blanket off and takes a deep breath of spring air. He prances around the woods, smelling the trees and flowers. He sees two bluebirds in love with little baby bluebirds. He takes another deep breath and exhales love and hearts as he does this. And then he sees two little lambs come hopping by him and he hops around too, just like them. And he sees a family of birds in a bush. So basically he's experiencing a whole bunch of new life and a lot of the things that represent spring. And this family of birds, they run away, but... There's one little one at the end and it stops and he hears a voice down a hole singing about spring. And it's this caterpillar who pops his head out of the hole and sees the bird and then tries to turn around and go back down into the hole because obviously the bird's going to want to eat him. The bird sticks its head into the hole after the caterpillar and almost pulls him out. And then so Pluto comes and tries to help the bird by pulling on the bird's tail feathers with his teeth. But they aren't successful and the caterpillar pops out of another hole on the other side of Pluto and he starts climbing Pluto's tail and he sings this song while he's doing that. And I want to just clip it in here real quick because it's pretty cute. And plus, who doesn't love hearing Thurl Ravenscroft sing? Slung friend so furry, wriggling by without a worry. Hurry, 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 lest thou be late to thy prearranged fate. Oh, spin, spin, spin without question. 
questioning Spin by cloak for evolutioning Hang a hang in suspended animation Till comes the call for observation So the caterpillar gets to the end of Pluto's tail as he sings that song that you just heard and he starts spinning a cocoon around its body. Then a cute girl butterfly emerges and Pluto blushes. He gets like a red face. So that's a pretty quick transformation there between caterpillar and butterfly. So now she's a beautiful butterfly and she flies around and lands on Pluto's nose and dances. And as she flies and dances, Pluto's eyes kind of dance back and forth with her. And they're like protruding out of his head and moving like left and right. And when she's done dancing, Pluto spins around and grabs a beehive that was hanging from a tree and starts dancing with it and juggling it with his feet and nose. I don't know why he did this. And as he's doing this, the hive gets stuck in a tree and he ends up just juggling the bees (laughs) instead of the hive. And he realizes this and he starts to run away as the bees dive bomb him right on the behind. So we have like a, a theme here. We just talked about bees dive bobbing behinds. So apparently that's the preferred area that they like to sting is characters behinds. So they form the shape of the a B-52 bomber airplane and they keep bombing Pluto until he jumps into a patch of poison ivy. And we know it's poison ivy because there's a sign on the tree that says poison ivy. So now Pluto is very itchy from this poison ivy and scratching all over his body until he lands in a bunch of flowers that produce a cloud of yellow pollen. This, of course, makes Pluto sneeze, and right then, lightning strikes, and it starts to just pour down rain. So he runs to his doghouse while he's sneezing, and he gets struck by lightning on his behind as well. And by the time he makes it to his doghouse, it has started to sink into the mud. So the next morning, Pluto is beat up. He has a black eye. And he's tired and he's out of breath. And now he's angry as he sees the spirit of spring skipping by again. And he chases after him sneezing. So this cartoon kind of just goes through the season of spring. As it, you know, it starts, it's it's all nice and refreshing and new life and welcome sun. Until you start realizing what else comes with that. Which means April showers and also allergy season. Which nobody likes. And also, I just want to point out at the end of the cartoon, the narrator sounds like he has a stuffy nose due to these allergies. So that's the progression of the season of spring as told by Pluto. What did you think about this, Harper? I thought that it wasn't, I didn't think it was that entertaining. You didn't think it was funny? Not really. I thought it was kind of boring. I was just like, what's going on when I was watching it? It didn't have that much of a plot either, so it wasn't that interesting to me. I thought it was pretty good. It's probably not one of my favorite Pluto cartoons, but I definitely liked the highlight of it was the singing caterpillar. So I, I liked that just even if it was just for that. So let's move on to the next one. So Donald's Garden was released June 12th, 1942, and Clarence Ducky Nash does the voice of Donald. The cartoon opens... And it pans over to a first place blue ribbon from the Pomona Fair that is on a giant watermelon. And it pans through Donald's garden where you can see the rest of the watermelons in his garden. And then it goes over to Donald who is singing Good Old Summertime. And he goes to the pump to put more water in his watering can. And as he's refilling the bucket with water, the pump is having a malfunction. 
So when he pumps the water, only drips come out and nothing goes into his bucket. So then he moves his bucket closer and when he pumps the water again, it comes out fast and it misses the bucket. So Donald turns to look at the camera and says, exasperating, isn't it? Imagine that with a duck voice. So he moves the bucket back and pumps the water so hard that it fills the bucket and pushes it to the edge of the platform he was standing on. And it teeters there and then falls over as he's trying to grab it. And then Donald says, you can't do that to me. He grabs the bucket, takes it back to the pump, tries again, and he pumps the water so hard the pump looks like it's going to explode. And then only one drop of water comes out. (laughs) And... And it looks like it's going to drop into the bucket, but the pump sucks it back in. (laughs) And Donald yells, hey, and looks into the opening and the pump, and it squirts him in the eye. And he says, this time, I'll show ya. And then Donald goes back and pumps the water again, hard and fast, and forming a steady stream of water. And then he runs to the end with the bucket, but the stream keeps moving. It's basically preventing him from getting water into the bucket. He, you know, it keeps moving like forward and backwards. Every time he gets to the end of it, it moves. So he can't get any water in it. Donald says, very funny. And he follows the stream of water back to the pump where he runs into the pump and gets his beak stuck in the pipe. So he has his typical Donald Duck tantrum while he's stuck in the pump until he rustles himself free from, from being held by his beak. And he says, cut it out or I'll tear you to pieces. He grabs the bucket and covers the pipe with it and holds it there with his feet while he reaches over the top and pumps the water again. The pump fills up and shoots the water out of the top, causing Donald to shoot up into the air, and he lands on the ground and sees the water has finally landed into his bucket. Then Donald says, what the? He goes to pick up the bucket and the top comes off, which causes the bucket to fall apart and the water is still standing midair. And then Donald says, why does this stuff have to happen to me? And water on the ground drains into a hole and comes out a few feet behind Donald, along with a gopher who coughs from the water. He yells at Donald in a high-pitched voice, and he stomps away, angry, until he runs into a post with a sign that says radish. He sees them in the garden and takes the whole row, including the one from the sign. So then he tastes an onion and doesn't like it because it's an onion. Self-explanatory. Who likes onions? Blah. So he sees the watermelons and uses his teeth to cut a piece out of the side. And of course he likes it, so he pulls the whole row of them into his gopher hole. And at the other end, Donald is loading the watermelons onto a wheelbarrow. And the row starts pulling in the opposite direction out of his hands. So he's like, what's going on here? And Donald sees them all going into the gopher's hole. So he goes to the hole, starts pulling them out, and they all have been eaten. So the gopher's at the end and spits watermelon seeds at Donald's face when Donald pulls all the watermelon shells out. The shell of what once was a watermelon. Then Donald catches the gopher inside a hat, but he escapes by eating the hat and takes another row of watermelons into his hole. Donald grabs the end and gets pulled into the hole with just his feet sticking out. And the gopher sees this and takes the opportunity to tie Donald down by digging holes and stringing the watermelon stems across him until he can't move. So he's strapped to the ground by watermelon stems. The gopher then points to his entire garden and Donald is pleading for the gopher to not do it because we all know that the gopher is about to eat the entire garden, which he proceeds to do. And as he finishes the entirety of Donald's garden, 
the gopher hiccups and smiles shyly. And that is the end of the cartoon. All right, so I thought that this was really funny. This is just truly classic Donald. He fights with inanimate objects and animals. The inanimate objects have personalities. This is just what all of his cartoons have. Some sort of an inanimate object. In this one, it was the water pump and also a gopher. Usually, it's either one or the other. The inanimate object throughout the cartoon or the animal. This one has both. So, even better. Classic Donald. I love the scene with the water pump. Is so funny. Just how he keeps fighting and fighting and Donald never gives up. That is one thing. He never gives up and you see that in this cartoon as well. So I just thought this was really funny. Harper, what'd you think? My initial reaction when watching this, I thought the first half with the water pump was kind of dumb and redundant and I don't think I've ever really seen like a just Donald cartoon. Like, off the top of my head, I don't think I've seen him. I've seen Donald in, like, you know, like, with a Mickey and Goofy or whatever else, but not, like, a just Donald. I want to say it was, like, about half the entire cartoon where it was with him and the water pump, and the other half was with the watermelon. And the watermelon, that was cute. The gopher was cute. I liked the way that the garden was, like, illustrated. I thought it was really cute. Like, the watermelons looked like I wanted to eat that watermelon. It looked good. But yeah, I don't know. The first half was a little bit, like, I was just kind of over it after a little bit. They did it to death. For me. But that was just, that's just my opinion. But, um, but I'm a teenager. And I have a short attention span, so. That's Donald, though. You gotta watch some Donald cartoons. Alrighty, so our last classic Disney animated short that we're going to talk about is Mickey's Parrot. Alright, so Mickey's Parrot was released September 9th, 1938. Pinto Colvig does the voice of Pluto. And Walt Disney actually does the voice of Mickey Mouse and the parrot in this cartoon. So, it's a dark and stormy night. <laughs> it's raining really hard outside and there's a truck that is driving down the road in the rain. Looks like a moving truck. It has the back open and inside there's like some boxes and stuff, but there's also a cage with a parrot and the parrot is singing blow the man down. As the truck is driving, it hits a pothole and the bird cage flies out and rolls down the street and heads right to Mickey's house. The cage hits Mickey's mailbox and allows the parrot to be released from the cage and now he's free. So inside the house, Mickey is in bed reading while Pluto lies next to him and he's listening to a radio show. A news flash interrupts Pluto's radio show and it says, Machine Gun Butch just shot his way out of jail. He may be in your neighborhood. Be careful. He is armed and dangerous. Lock your doors. Remember, he's a killer. So that's the breaking news flash. So Mickey jumps out of bed, sticks a chair under his bedroom door, and shuts the shade over the window. And then he grabs this shotgun that he has on the wall. And Pluto just dived under the bed when he heard that. So back outside, the parrot has walked to an open basement window at Mickey's house. He's kind of peeking inside and the wind blows and it shuts. It kind of goes down to shut and hits the bird and kind of knocks him inside the house. And as he does this, he's calling out ship ahoy because this bird has a lot of catchphrases that he says. And he gets knocked into the house down like a little chute or something. And he lands on a barrel of coal and he rolls on top of it until it runs into the furnace. And of course, Mickey and Pluto hear this and they're really scared. 
So Mickey shoots the gun into the air and then they both run to hide under the bed and it breaks in the process, like literally just falls apart. And Mickey says, he's in the basement. So Mickey picks up the gun and sneaks downstairs with Pluto following him. So Mickey turns to go to the basement door, but Pluto is following like a smell in the house and he doesn't follow Mickey down to the basement. He stays upstairs. When the door closes behind Mickey as he's going down to the basement, there's like a pair of shoes that's hung on the back of the basement door and they fall and they kind of get stuck on the end of the gun. So Mickey's holding the shotgun, which is pretty long. And so these shoes are like, they're tied together by the shoelaces. And so they're kind of hanging and dangling at the end of the gun. And then when he gets to the end of the basement stairs, he looks down between his legs. So he puts his head down and back and sees these shoes that are behind him. And he thinks that they are the killer's shoes. So he swings around quickly and yells, stick them up, butch. And the shoes like go wrapping around his neck, like swinging. And he starts yelling and stumbling around. And then he bumps into the ironing board and he knocks a shelf. And the, the shelf has a whole bunch of light bulbs on there. And they all fall down. And then when they hit the floor, they sound like gunshots. So this causes Mickey to dive into the furnace and close the door. But he keeps the gun sticking out of a couple of the slats that are on this furnace door. So meanwhile, the parrot has gotten into the house through a floor vent. So the furnace has these pipes that lead to upstairs through the floor. So the parrots climb through one of these. And he says, oh boy, pretty swell joint. And he whistles, what a place. So he finds this cabinet. On top of it is sitting a fishbowl. But then under it, there's a door. So like a little area under the cabinet and the door is open so the parrot goes inside and finds a can of fish food and he tries to open it so pluto who has stayed upstairs he didn't go in the basement pluto comes into the room and he's smelling around and he hears the bird say stand still stupid and thinks it's the fish talking to him and so he goes over to the fish and he stares at him and he looks away he stares back at him and he keeps going back and forth like they're staring at each other and then the bird says, I'll bust you wide open. And Pluto gets scared and he runs away. And when he looks back at the fish and hears, I'll kick the pants off of you. Then he gets mad. So first he was scared and now he's mad. And so he decides to charge the fish and knock over the cabinet. The bird flies out and he, he gets kind of thrown into the kitchen. He flies into the kitchen and he runs into the fridge, which causes the, the door to open. And a giant turkey falls from the fridge on top of him. So Pluto comes into the kitchen and sees the turkey on the floor and he's about to bite into it when it says, ah, 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 please. So it begins hopping around and Pluto gets freaked out again and he, he gets backed into a corner because this it's almost like this turkey is like chasing him down and it backs him into a corner and he starts climbing up the wall a little bit, but he can't stay up there. So he ends up falling onto the turkey. The pressure of the fall kind of pushes the parrot out of the turkey and he slides across the room. So Pluto wrestles with the turkey and the parrot comes up behind him and bites his tail. 
Pluto jumps up and turns around and finally sees the parrot. And they go back and forth, pushing each other around, kind of like fighting and stuff like that. And, you know, Pluto's chasing after the parrot and the parrot's flying around. So parrot flies back into the living room and Pluto follows him. And they climb on the piano and the parrot ends up dropping the top of the piano onto Pluto's head. So Mickey hears the noise of the piano from the basement and he also climbs from the furnace through the floor vent into the living room and he points the gun into the piano and he says reach for the ceiling butch i've got you covered and then pluto pops his head up and he surprises mickey because mickey didn't expect pluto obviously so now the parrot is back in the kitchen and it spills popcorn kernels on the hot stove which begins to pop not really sure why the stove is hot or on or anything like that but obviously these popcorn kernels begin to pop and it's making popcorn but it's also making what sounds to mickey and pluto like gunshots mickey thinks that he's being shot at and shoots back into the kitchen until the popping stops so the parrot says don't shoot i guess you got me and Mickey and Pluto run into the bullet-ridden, destroyed kitchen. I mean, it is tore up. It's basically unrecognizable from Mickey's shotgun. And Mickey says, come on, killer. The jig is up. And he has the gun pointed into this cabinet where the bird was. All right, I give up, the parrot says while he's walking out onto the gun. And Mickey is surprised that it's a parrot and laughs. And the parrot says, Polly, want a cracker? And Mickey pulls out a box. Pluto growls at the parrot. And the parrot grabs some of the crackers from the box that Mickey has. And he stuffs them into Pluto's mouth. And Mickey laughs. And that is the end of this short. And the end of what we watched for this episode. So what would you think about this one, Harper? I thought this one was kind of cute. But I thought the plot was a little weird. With like this killer. And it's like a Disney cartoon we're supposed to be watching here. But... I thought, it, I thought it was cute for the most part. I didn't have, like, any major problems with it. So I enjoyed that one. Yeah. You got to remember this was made in 1938. So that's one thing. And I also saw that when I was looking it up to find out when it was actually released, that they released it on, I guess, Have a Laugh. I don't know if it's a DVD or if it was a TV show. But they actually removed the shotgun from the cartoon and replaced it with a broom. So to make it, I guess, a little bit more politically correct. I thought that was kind of interesting. But yeah, I like this one too. This is kind of a little bit kind of classic Mickey. Mickey thinks one thing when it really isn't happening. And then he discovers the truth at the end. and, And he just laughs and everything's fine. So he doesn't care that he shot up his entire kitchen. I know. And things like that, you know, that is classic Mickey right there. (laughs) You know, because he just laughs it off. Nothing ever bothers Mickey. So not including the the Winnie the Pooh cartoon, but out of the three, the Pluto, Donald, and Mickey, which one did you like the best, Harper? I think it was the Donald one. Really? I didn't think you were going to say that. I just like the whole like garden vibe. I thought also Donald's garden was the best for me as well. I liked it because it was just the funniest you just you didn't really know what was going to happen in the mickey one you knew eventually he's going to figure out he's going to find out that it's the parrot and not the killer you know and um 
the Pluto one. That one didn't have a real plot. Yeah, it was just kind of discovering spring. But the Donald one, you know, was kind of a little bit unpredictable. I mean, you kind of knew what was going to happen with the water pump. But then with the gopher, you didn't really know what was going to happen until the end when you knew that he was going to eat the entire Garden. garden's worth of vegetables Yeah, that Donald worked his butt off to grow and even won a prize blue ribbon. Yeah, I thought that was really funny. And um, yeah, I really liked that one the best. So what we're going to do when it comes to ranking for this episode, since it was kind of like a a little one-off, you know, not intended to be what was shown originally, we're just going to rate and rank the Winnie the Pooh episode. We're not going to, as a collective for animated shorts, just the Winnie the Pooh. So Harper and I will give our rating for Winnie the Pooh. And then we will decide where we feel like it fits in the ranking. And then I think we're done for this episode. So, Harper, what would you just rate um, Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree out of 10? I'm going to rate that one a solid 8. Because, I mean, it's a classic. I've seen it already. I mean, it's super cute. How can you not like Winnie the Pooh? I think it's really cute. And I enjoyed that one. And... I just don't want to like give it the solid like 9, 10 because I feel like it's, this is only a short cartoon. So I want to say that for like a really good movie. Yeah, I agree. So I think I'm going to give it a 7.5 because I give help one of kids an eight. So I can't give it over help one of kids. You know, I just kind of got to look at everything else that we've watched so far and what I've rated them. I mean, I love Winnie the Pooh. I love this. Like I said, this is my favorite Winnie the Pooh out of the three on Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And I mean, I know the lines from this animated short. I've watched it so many times, but just to kind of fit it in with the Disney Sunday movies, I'm going to give it a 7.5. All right. So where do you think Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree should be ranked in our ranking? I think that it should go in between, I'm thinking either in between one and two or two and three, but I don't know for sure which one. I definitely can't agree with that because again I said we right now we have help one of kids as number three so number one is girl who spelled freedom number two is richest cat in the world number three is help one of kids and I I didn't rate it higher than help one of kids mm-hmm. so I I don't feel like comfortable putting it up higher than that so the earliest slot that I'm fine with is four yeah four which we currently have the last electric night right there in, in number four. Well, I definitely think it was better than last electric night. So then uh, you want to put it in number four? Yeah. Okay. So then Girl Who Spelled Freedom is still number one. The Richest Cat in the World is number two. Help One of Kids, number three. We're going to put Winnie the Pooh and the Honey Tree at number four. And The Last Electric Night is going to be number five. Then we have Time Flyer at number six. Undergrads at number seven. And Two and a Half Dads at number eight. All right. So our ranking is growing. Awesome. So I think we are all set for this episode. The The next episode that comes out in two weeks, we are going to be talking about a special that actually aired. It's called Disney Goes to the Oscars, and it is on YouTube, although it is in parts. It's not the complete show, but we will put the link for the set of YouTube videos for Disney Goes to the Oscars. We will include that in the show notes for this one, so you can watch it ahead of time if you want. I think we're all set. Harper, do you want to remind everybody where they can find us on social media? So you can find us on Twitter at the DSM Podcast and on Facebook and SoundCloud at the Disney Sunday Movie Podcast. Also, make sure to check out our website, DisneySundayMoviePodcast.com. And if you have any comments or questions, our email is DisneySundayMoviePodcast at gmail.com. 
Well, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will be back in two weeks with a new episode for you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Don't have to see it. Where everybody come from? All quit for